0: We are going to continue on in a series that we're doing called, Who Do You Think You Are? This series is about our identity in Christ, who we are in Christ. So important that we know this because we have an enemy who's like the master of identity theft. And he doesn't want you to know who you are, and he doesn't want you to experience the kind of life that Jesus has for us. So we've been talking about these ideas of who we are. And over the last little bit of time, we've been talking about the Beatitudes, which are the attitudes that the Holy Spirit is developing in us as spirits, uh, as, uh, by the Holy Spirit, as citizen of the kingdom. And so um, we've been looking at them and breaking them down. There's eight. We're going to look at the final one of these today, and then we're going to press on in our series more on the identity on the other end. So bad jokes, and these were very bad. Uh, thank you very much. So this guy went shopping, and he saw a woman dressed as Snow White, working at one of the stores. She was the fairest of them all. It hasn't worked, but I actually enjoy it because it's so bad. Fairest of them all, the mall. Oh, if I explain it, it's better, huh? The mall, them all. Okay, now oh, there we go. One of the younger people, after I told that joke, came up to me and said, How much does a hipster weigh? An Instagram. (laughs) I thought that was really bad, but what do I know? Last one. This one was really on the edge, but I'm going for it anyway. So I was overseeing a memorial service, and this friend of the deceased asked if he could say a word, and so I said, okay, and he stood up and he said, plethora, and then he sat down. I said, thank you. That means a lot. Sorry, that one's really fun. <laughs> scripture reading here on purpose. apologies to the visitors, but it doesn't get any better. The scripture reading does, though. Matthew 5:10 through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Now, remember, we're talking in the Beatitudes, that word blessed. In some translations, it comes out as happy, but it it means more than that. Um, it's, it's a word play. It's the opposite word there is used that the word for sin. Sin is about going our own way and blessed is about going God's way. And so these are the attitudes that are developed in us as we continue to press on in this journey with the Lord. And and yet this is a funny one to end with. Um, it's, it's the persecution. It's sort of the blessing nobody thinks that they want and yet Jesus spends the most time on this one doubles up on it and actually throws in a rejoice and be glad so it is part of the deal and yet i think that's uh, sort of the way the beatitudes are they're often different than what we might expect and and so far you know what we've been through is is you know we've been as the beatitudes started we've been made aware of our desperate need for god because we're broken And that that realization then causes us to want to live for him above all else, living by trying to do the next right thing. Understanding in this process our own need for mercy. We're to extend that mercy to the world around us with uh, hearts that are in the process of being made new to help us see the way that he does so we can actually see uh, people in the beauty of their potential uh, and, and, and then, you know, love on them the way he would have us. All of that's at work in us by the power of the Holy Spirit to the point where last week we we saw that we were peacemakers. We're at peace with God. We're experiencing the peace of God and we're ready to share the gospel of peace uh, to everyone so that they might come to know his peace as well. So You would think perhaps now, after going through all of that, finally arriving at the final beatitude number eight, that that it might be a promise of an easy life and and everything going great. And yet we find out at the end of it all that the result of this growing and maturing in the Lord is often persecution. Can I hear a, yay? (laughs) He says, rejoice and be glad. Doesn't really make sense, does it? But... We need to understand why he says that and what it's all about. So that's what we're gonna talk about together. So let's start by at least figuring out what persecution looks like. Point number one, what is persecution? So persecution is is the result of conflict between two opposing value systems. This full and abundant now and forever life that we have in Christ has a distinctive value system that clashes with the value system of the culture of the world. Jesus said this, Luke 6:26, Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for this is how their fathers treated the false prophets. He says in John 15:18 through 20, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That's why the world hates you. Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. And so Jesus tells us that that this is part of the deal. These cultures are clashing. clashing. Persecution is the result. He was persecuted, so we can expect the same response. Paul says this in 2 Timothy 3.12. He says, in fact, everyone, that's one of those words you can't get away from, if you look it up, it means everyone. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So this is part of this life is a measure of persecution. Christians around the world suffer all types of horrendous persecutions for their faith right now, today, 2018. You you hear small glimpses of it from time to time on the news, but around the world. Every year, hundreds of thousands of people are martyred for their faith. Today, it happens all over the place. And, and all sorts of horrific things up to that point where everything they have is stripped from them, taken from them. Their, their families are disrupted and broken apart. Uh, it just goes on and on and on. The persecution is a horrific thing. For years, uh, I traveled into Cuba. From 1995 to 2005, I went into Cuba four or five times a uh, a year to help plant churches there. And they experienced tremendous persecution. Now, mostly, you know, not to the point of death so much, although I'm sure that was some of their things, but we had a lot of people that we worked with who would spend long periods of time in prison only because of their faith. Uh, often after we would go and visit and spend some time there, and even though we desperately tried to do the right thing while we were there, uh, the people that we were are with would get picked up and dragged in for questioning. Sometimes it would be hours or even days without their family knowing what was going on. Uh, persecution happened. They, they, were, they were being persecuted only for their faith. I remembered one of the things that really got to me was the, ki- the children, you know, so we love kids here. The children, when they were in school... If they were Christian children, you know what they did? They would not allow them to participate in sports activities, young ones. So all of their friends would be out playing games and soccer and doing all the things that they did, baseball, the things they loved to do, and they would tell the children, if you're a Christian, you can't. And, and uh, you know, those kind of things, that's That's horrific. To, to, to do that to children. Well, uh, persecutions happen, and, and they happen to us today. They, they, they still happen here. Even in a culture like ours, where there's still virtually churches on every corner, we are facing persecution. It, it could be in our homes, it could be in our workplaces or in our schools, uh, it's often on the media, uh, and just sort of out and about in our lives. There are levels of persecution that are taking place. Uh, just for the the type of life that that we're trying to live it happens It's a part of it and I I spoke about this obviously last night one of my friends came afterwards and said I notice that's in my family when I visit that that there's something that different that happens It's not terrible, but it's there when I'm in the room with them. They're, They're they're acting differently. They treat me a little differently That's a a measure of persecution and and so these things happen in all sorts of different ways Fortunately for us, it's usually not the extreme, um, but but nonetheless, it happens. And there's all sorts of different ways to think about what it looks like. like we do a lot of outreach here, and we have for 20-some 20 years, 25 years. We've gone out, and we've given things away and just tried to bless people. We try and keep it it's really about an act of kindness. There's not a whole lot else that goes with it. We'll, we'll generally give somebody to something, and we might invite them to church or give them a little card that we've given out for years that said, this is just to show God's love in a practical way. That's all that those cards have ever said. Uh, and so, you know, like yesterday, uh, Pastor Fran and Chaplain Rico and Jim were out, and they were giving away vineyard water bottles. We have these bottles, nice sports bottles. I can never figure out how to call them. Uh, they know what I'm talking about. And they uh, they got the grape guy on them and have the address, but uh, the, they filled them up with ice, and then they were even putting water or tea in there and giving away really nice uh, bottles to give away. So we've done that kind of stuff for 20 years. Uh, and I remembered as they were telling me about the things that were happening, uh, and mostly well-received, but a little pushback every now and again, how um, years ago uh, one of the things that I would do is uh, I would if I went into the parking lot, particularly over at Winn Dixie, I would um, I would wash windshields for a few minutes, uh, and uh, so I used to have a squeegee there, it kind of funny, but uh, not like the guy on the street who comes up, you know, but not that guy, so uh. <laughs> I had a nice clean squeegee and, and I had Windex and towels and I would do a nice job and I would do a few wind uh, windshields uh, and it was just to be kind, you know, and I'd usually leave a little card somewhere that just said, hey, just trying to show you God's love in a practical way. And I get a phone call one day from a local businessman and I actually knew him. We'd played basketball and uh, he, he said, uh, I don't want you touching my car. So what are you talking about? And he I said, I don't, I don't want you to touch my car. I said, I said, uh, what do you t- did, I, did I do the windshield on your car? He said, yes. He said, I don't want you to touch my car. I said, well, okay. I was just trying to be kind. He said, don't do that. And why is your church like that? not the other churches aren't out there doing that stuff. Why are you doing that weird stuff? And uh, <laughs> and, and so, anyway, the, the whole thing was, so thing you know after that things were a little different and and it's okay it's part of the deal and I was just trying to be kind it wasn't to be mean I didn't even know it was his car I didn't do his windshield anymore figured out which one that was (laughs) you don't want it to be clean here's some dust (laughs) no I, I didn't I didn't do that that would be bad that's the old sarcasm thing that pops up in me so uh we try even, but you get it. See, though, so there's, there's things. There's, uh, it's a little bit of pushback that takes place um, just for trying to walk this life out. And, and it's going to happen. So why does it happen? That's point number two. Why does it happen? Well, because this, ultimately this beatitude is the blessing that comes from persecution for righteousness sake. It's important that you get it for righteousness sake. So that means just in our attempt to live by trying to do the next right thing, not in, in a way that's being mean or malicious or manipulative or trying to guilt people into a response. Uh, I said, you know, we've got to be careful that we're not doing things out of a self-righteous motive because the, the pushback that we get from that is not persecution. It's something that we sort of are asking for. This is just about us trying to be kind and, and to live this life in Christ and and be people of mission, but in a way that, that makes a difference. And, and, and so sometimes this happens. You think, well, why would people be upset about that kind of stuff? And the, in the Beatitudes, I've said the, the righteousness thing is makes a little sandwich. Matthew uh, five six is the first Beatitude about righteousness. And this one, 5.10, is the second. Uh, five, six says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They'll be filled. 5.10, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs are the kingdom of heaven. And so when you see things in Scripture that repeat themselves, it's a, it's a clue to look in the middle, right? I told you that. It's like a sandwich. And so it's a little righteousness sandwich is the three Beatitudes in between. And those are about mercy. It's a really good thing, I think, being merciful. Integrity. Uh, how can that be a bad thing? And peacemaking, which we said was a good thing as well. So, so how can persecution result from those things? Those all seem like good things. Well, as a result of you living for Jesus, the people that you're in relationship with, whether it be in your home or at work or at school or your recreation activities, wherever, ultimately they have to come to one of two responses in regard to who you are and who you represent. Either they they have to be moving towards him in relationship or uh, they need to justify in varying degrees why they're not going to do that or why they don't why they think they don't need to do that. And that movement will result in some measure of persecution, just the way it is. Because that, see Jesus, Jesus is the big question. If you, if you, you know, it's the final exam of life that people wonder about all those things. There's this one question that you get asked at the end. God, God wants to know what you did with his son. That's the, that's the, that's the question. And, and if, you, if you loved him and you worshiped him and everything, that's good. And if you didn't, that's a problem. And, and so everybody's moving in, in those directions. And the response of those that are perhaps moving away from that, it might not be you know, immediate or, and it could be varying in degrees, but that's what's causing some of that stuff that you're experiencing. It's because of whose you are and who you represent. And, it, and it, so it, it makes this little clash of cultures that's going on in the process. So what in the world then could be the blessing of that? Because persecution is hard. We don't like to feel that. We don't like to be made fun of. We don't like to be ridiculed. We don't like to be looked down on. I mean, that's how it's expressed a lot in our culture. If you, if you watch TV shows about if there's a Christian in there, you pretty much they're going to be portrayed as either not very smart or evil. Um, that's kind of the, the stereotypes that we face now, which is really sad. I've said sometimes when, I'm, when people find out who I am and what I do, they, I almost, they, I feel this thing like they start to think about me that I'm just not very bright. And and, I, I, and then I had this thought the other day, if nobody else is experiencing that, maybe I'm just not very bright. And, uh, <laughs> and so, but, but you know, we start to experience these things. So what is the blessing? How could Jesus talk to people who, when, when he was talking persecution, really he was talking about the type that, that would almost always end up in, in death. How could he talk about something that this would we could rejoice over and be glad in. And he can say that only because he knows this, that what we're headed for is so much better than, than anything that we can experience here, that whatever it is we have to go through in this temporary time will somehow be worth it. See the Beatitudes, as well as that little righteousness sandwich, I don't know if you noticed, but Number one and number eight, also make another sandwich because it says, blessed are the poor in spirit in Matthew five three, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And this one, 5.10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. These are all about being citizens of the kingdom of heaven and what that means, that, that when we come to know Christ, we're his now and we always will be. In this temporary time before we're back with him, uh, he's come to get us, we've gone to him We'll experience some, sometimes some different things in a fallen world or broken planet. We'll also experience some amazing things as the kingdom breaks through. But, but that, that we'll, we'll have some stuff we have to go through. But no matter what it is, he says, it will be worth it. He guarantees it. It'll be worth it. Because we've amazingly found the most amazing deal in the universe. We've come to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of our lives. And there's nothing in this world that compares to that. Matthew 5.12 says, Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Nothing is more valuable than becoming a citizen of the kingdom. And there's nothing on earth that compares with knowing Jesus as king. Nothing. Matthew six nineteen through 21, Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break and steal for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so we, we embrace this life with, with him as our treasure. And knowing that He's got us now and forever. And so no matter what, you know, just knowing that sometimes when we get that pushback, we endure that because we know what's headed our way. And at the same time, we can still love people that are pushing back on us. I I have found this to be true too. Sometimes the, the people that give me the most sort of pushback are often the ones closest to the kingdom. And they're struggling with it. And, and so I've seen that happen time and time again. So we just continue to press on in this life, living it as you know, sincerely as we can, uh, as, in, in as much reality as we can, loving on Him, yielding to the Holy Spirit, focusing on, on Him, and knowing that, that there's nothing in this world that compares to knowing Jesus and being a citizen of the kingdom. So think about those things this week. Next week, we're going to uh, move into uh, talking about the fruit of the Spirit and what that means to our identity in Christ. But we'll end there for today.